0: wonderful thank you craig
1: yay craig
0: okay hello i made it
1: you made it, it.
0: can yep. i can i just uh give everybody a quick uh uh public service public service announcement just uh right off the bat um folks just pick up your mail you know when you just what twice a week well i'll, I'll take once a week just you know coming home from work you leave, leaving to go to work, whatever, whatever you're doing. You know you're going to be going past the mailbox anyway. Some of you, it's right outside your front door. Yeah. Uh, just do everybody a favor and you know just just grab it. Why would you order like five Amazon packages a day and then just not pick them up? I know you do that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have taken people's mail. So we have a process where if your mailbox gets too full, mm-hmm. we we literally have to just take it back because it's like we can't put it anywhere. And I've, I have had multiple people where, um, and we usually let it get like impossibly full to the degree where it like, we're trying to give them as much time as possible, but I've had many people order like four or five things and then they just don't grab it. And, uh, in a few days they order another three packages, you know, each day they get another few and they're usually small, but like. Okay. Do you just not want your stuff? I know you get notifications. You get at least a thing on your Amazon app. You get a, an yeah. email, sometimes a text message. So we we have to empty the box. We leave you a note. It sits there for 10 days. And again, a lot of us, I mean, maybe a little bit due to just laziness, but you're we're supposed to wait for 10 days. I usually wait upwards of like two weeks. And it's like, if you don't come and get it, we send it back. And then people get pissed because they're like, why'd you send my stuff back? And it's like, I left you a note.
1: I I gave you plenty of time.
0: Yeah. And I used to rant. I used to go on rants like this at work and be like, y'all got like three jobs. You got three jobs that we need you to do. One of them is knowing your address. You just like, if you live in an apartment complex, put your apartment number on your mail. Tell your bank, tell Amazon. It it just, but I've gotten it down to one. You have one job. Like we'll figure out the address stuff because it seems like people just can't be bothered. Just empty your mailbox. That just, just empty you got. It. Yeah, you got one job. You you have requested, not even requested. You have paid multiple people to package up an item, you know, send it to the post office, give it to us, bring it to your door. There, there's a whole bunch of people in this chain, and you just let it rot in your mailbox. Why? You know it's there. Uh, you ordered it. Sorry. Yeah. Rant. Over. I
1: can say, previous to where I currently live, I was maybe only checking the mail once a week. But we weren't getting tons of stuff, so it was never like right filled by any means. It was like, sure. oh, maybe there's like ten little envelopes in here.
0: Yeah. Well, and that is it's a very no. That's a very important point because I'm I won't deny like there are some people who check it once a month, but yeah, they get maybe one thing a week, you know? And it's usually yeah. just like coupon things. Cause a lot of people do everything, you know, just about everything online. So it's like, they don't get bills, they don't get magazines. And so it's like, yeah, if you're, if you're managing your mail volume, that's fine. You know, you do, but they're seriously, just I mean, don't let it get filled up. Yeah. Well, cause and and really the one that blows my mind, because again, like if you're just getting coupon booklets and, you know, the occasional bill or whatever, and it's not important to you and you don't check it, like I kind of get that. But I, I I really can't stress this enough. I have people that get multiple Amazon packages every day and they sometimes just sit there all week. And I'm like, what? You, you ordered, you purchased this. How do you not want, how do you not check it? You know, it's coming. Oh God. Yeah, it, it Clearly, I'm not harboring any frustration about this at all <laughs> it's uh I don't think about this all day or anything.
1: It's not like mail is your life
0: right my entire <laughs> existence my my everything
1: my everything the mail. <laughs>
0: that we're gonna start a weekly segment where that's the theme song and i'm just gonna <laughs> pick one thing to just rant about for like five ten minutes and now it's time for my or like put that on patreon just like little five minute things of like every my everything the mail Can talk to you people about fucking coupons jesus christ oh <laughs> uh, i'll start making a list <laughs> Ugh,
1: I'm gonna start laughing so hard. I'm gonna start just like snorting or something. Nah, I'm laughing well, so that's, hard.
0: that's fine. You know this. This is supposed to be. I, I don't know what this. This episode's about this week. So like, I'm hoping that this is a little lighter than uh, than previous. <laughs> so I mean, you know, this Guess will be the, the the no. Well, that I'll take it. That sounds like a great answer.
1: <laughs> it's lighter in the sense that like. It's not quite as detailed as last time.
0: Oh, but okay. It's
1: still a fairly dark topic,,
0: well, but I then. think well, because
1: of the time frame, it feels farther away
0: oh it is it is kind of interesting how that happens, where it's like this is so far in the past or far enough yeah. that it almost doesn't even feel real, you know, like when you're talking yeah. about times of like the Roman Empire or, uh, or medieval Europe. You know, it's like, it's, it's literally a different universe. There's like their lifestyles and just every like torture devices and shit like that. Like it was so different that you can't even comprehend yeah. how weird it would be.
1: So I have to ask, how often do you think about the Roman empire?
0: So yeah, I actually got asked this like last year. Really? I didn't, I didn't even know that this was like a thing. Um, like multiple people brought this up and my like even one person at work and i was i every time i was stunned because it all happened within like the same week i guess it like was going around tiktok or something mm-hmm. and i was stunned cuz i'm like you mean you mean like like the like the roman empire like like in history like the roman history empire and they're like yeah and i'm like i mean maybe two three times a year and i'm like it also heavily depends on your definition of like think about Because I mean, maybe if I'm like going down a YouTube rabbit hole or something, or I'm watching a movie that deals with the Roman empire and I'm like, so right. And, And so like in the sense that another piece of media or something that I was listening to put the thought in my mind, but like, like that would be thinking about it. But honestly, I mean, just on my own, I have thought about the Roman empire so little over the course of my entire existence, especially recently, I can't even tell you the last time I watched something about the Roman empire. I mean, I think it's interesting. I think it's cool, but the idea that there are men out there who think about it multiple times a day, (laughs) kind of blows my mind. Uh, And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like, just completely take over that whole thing. I'm assuming you're talking about that, Trend of like asking Yes, ask yes I, I
1: am because you mentioned it. Right. I had to ask.
0: <laughs> yeah, th- did you ask Gabe?
1: I asked him, and this was a while ago that I asked him, and his response was, "I think it was like once a day." See, that blows my. Mind.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, he, honestly, I would struggle he's to make
1: very like existential dread and thinks about it in regards to like the fall of humanity
0: (laughs) okay well see that at least makes more sense to me oh and you know what now that you mention it i have thought of that specifically but see i'm not even really sure that counts because like i have thought to myself especially with recent presidencies (laughs) that like this is how the world ends like this is how our society crumbles
1: Yes, and that's usually, if he reads a lot of news stuff, that's when he thinks about yeah. it more.
0: Okay, yeah. So, you know, in, the, in that context, it, it makes a lot that more makes sense. sense. Yeah. But I, even the way I, uh, my thought process of, like, I don't think that counts is just that, like, that isn't so much thinking about the Roman Empire, that is thinking about our own potential lack of existence that is soon to come. And yeah. the Roman Empire is just the last thing that, like, we all probably know collectively that is like a notable society that that was like too big to really seem like it could crumble. And then it it still did. Yeah. And yeah, it's hard wild. Yeah. And it's hard not to think that that could potentially be in our future. And, um, you know, and then you got shows like the handmaid's tale, which doesn't help.
1: Nope. Nope. It does not. does not well, yeah, I do have I, to
0: ask, like, how often, if ever, do you think of the Roman Empire?
1: I feel like it's maybe once every few months. And it's because it is then, like, brought to my attention in some form or another.
0: Okay, yeah. That, so, like, like I said, I, I think that's the most, like, numbers that I would get is, like, I'm listening to something or somebody else brings it up. So like in, in terms of just even, even reading the news or like hearing some story about a collapsing civilization, even then, I mean, honestly, I probably would struggle to just sort of, of my own volition, think of the Roman empire more than a few times a year. I mean, I guess it just doesn't, it just doesn't come up in my mind all that often.
1: No, it does not.
0: Speaking of like TikTok trends, have you done the, can you land a plane question? (laughs) To game. Have, you, <laughs>
1: no, what have you not heard that? about this oh no. man
0: apparently there is an overwhelming uh, maybe majority i mean it kind of depends on the statistics of like who is appearing on tiktok but apparently mm-hmm. there are a lot of guys who think pretty much no problem yeah i could land a plane like <laughs> if i'm on a plane and both the pilots go out and they're like can anyone land this plane? I'm definitely standing up and raising my hand and I'm going to that cockpit and I'm saving all those people. And I'm like, what?
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't think people realize that when it comes to planes, there's so many things you have to do to land, especially like a large commercial plane.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And for like a smaller plane, you have pedals for adjusting the tail for tailwinds.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, it's so much more specific than, like, just bringing it down.
0: Oh, yeah. No, and I think I think the best response... Because, obviously, I think this question would come up most often referring to, like, commercial airliners. You're not, mm-hmm. you're like, you're, you're arguably never just going to be in a tiny little Cessna, which probably yeah. has like the fewest instruments to deal with. You're oh, not yeah. just, yeah, you're not just going to suddenly be in that and need to land it. But God, no. like, yeah, we're talking about a giant, even, even a small airliner. Um, The best response I saw to this was um, on some podcast, it was a short on YouTube, but one of the guys was like, are you fucking nuts? You think you could land a plane? And then he, he talks to their producer and he's like, bring up a picture of this particular cockpit. And they throw it up there. And he's like, look at all those fucking switches. He's like, do you know yeah. what any of those do? He's like, you, "You would you would sit down and just have, you'd be so overwhelmed just with things that you would accidentally trip. Like, there's no fucking way.
1: Yeah, I think if you feel like you are confident to be able to land a plane, you yourself have to be able to confidently get in contact with air traffic control. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, and that's and, always been and not
1: having someone else point that out to you, like just knowing how to do that. <laughs> well, and because like, realistically, you get in contact with them, they will help you land the plane.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That that is always the caveat that I add. Cause for me it like The first time that I encountered this, absolutely, hundred percent, no way. There's no fucking way I could land a plane. I could maybe, like, I understand, you know, the the like the stick, and I did know that there were pedals. So, like, the plane, like, presumably the plane's already moving, and maybe it's on autopilot. How do you deactivate autopilot? Can you even fly the plane? Like, if autopilot is activated, can you just grab the stick and do stuff? Like, there's so much you don't know. But I'm like, so- Yeah, is it like cruise control, like- Right, yeah, like if I hit a pedal, does it automatically turn off? Does it sense when I'm taking control? So like that's step one, like will that even work? And then again, I could maybe get the plane down, but we're not landing, we're crashing for sure. But yeah, the one caveat is like, I'm pretty good at taking directions. So if I manage to figure out how to, you know, like get the the radio working and talk to to a traffic controller, I feel like my chances go from 0 to at least 50% like Yeah. Yeah, like if you have someone who's a a seasoned pilot and they know what they're doing and they know exactly what cockpit I'm in, you know, all that stuff. I feel like that significantly increases your chance. But yeah, the Oh yeah. Uh, the idea that just like in the dark you could just land an airliner blows my mind.
1: I think the fact that people believe that they can do that without any knowledge of planes or how they work? Yeah. Is amazingly stupid.
0: It's yeah. It's incredibly stupid. It, it's it is the absolute epitome of the hubris of man. I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> amount of hubris people have. It's it really just shows their inner Icarus. It Idi- is that's wow.
0: Well done. That's a good, uh, that's a, that's a really applicable story. Well, yeah, very well done. That's yeah. And we're not talking about wax wings. I mean, no, this is a real fucking
1: mechanical plane. Yeah. That will Other people end. Are you. On board.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You are. And <laughs> multiple is, people. This, I think this Lots is the people. one time where I feel like video games have gone too far. Cause even with like Uber violence and like, like, Unrealistic physics with certain video games and stuff. I'm like, I feel like video games have to be the culprit here for making people feel like they could actually fly a plane because you've got like Call of Duty yeah. and just other games where you take control of certain vehicles and it's like just or bad. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah. I will <laughs> I will say this. Grand Theft Auto does make me feel like I could fly a helicopter. Because <laughs> I yeah. With the with the one reason being if you have a simple enough helicopter, there really is just like the stick. Uh, like an elevation control that kind of looks like a parking brake and then similar to a plane, like the two foot pedals that control the rear uh, prop and like turn the plane, the plane, the helicopter left and right. And I'm like, yeah. okay, if if that's all I need to, to handle, I've flown enough helicopters in Grand Theft Auto that I feel fairly confident. But again, getting to the idea of like actually landing the helicopter, I, I feel like we would just all die.
1: Yeah, and I feel like uh, with helicopters, it's so easy to do such a very small wrong thing that just kills everybody.
0: Oh, God, yes. Yeah, that, that is definitely Until an important... tilt a little
1: too much in the wrong direction, you're dead.
0: Exactly, yeah. I, I, I think that's a very important distinction between helicopters and planes is that, like, you really have to have a sense for the center of gravity on the helicopter because like once you start tilting it, it kind of just starts sliding like along the air, the way that the prop is like grabbing the air. And then it just goes mm-hmm. faster and faster. And like you said, if you're not paying attention to that, you are fucked immediately. At least in a plane, you you it feels like you kind of have a little leeway. Like you can't just pull back on the stick and you're instantly dead. Although it will stall pretty quickly, but like Yeah. Again, the hubris of man. Man. <laughs> <sighs> speaking of hubris. Hello, everybody. This is Peculiar oh. Pairings.
1: Welcome to the show. I, my name is Matt. I am Celine. Welcome.
0: Yeah, welcome. I hope you got some uh, some sushi and beer with you, because that's what we're enjoying tonight. Yes. Um, I uh, as I was getting ready for this, I realized I'm like, I don't really know if sushi is specifically from Japan and I'm like, am I just doing like the whitest thing possible of just roping all Asian cultures together? Um, which also brings up the beer because I, I have to admit, I was not able to find Sapporo. Uh, I ended up getting Tao, which uh, I didn't really look closely at until I got home. And I was like, I'm not exactly an authority on other languages or Japanese culture or anything, but I I have taken a, a course of, in Japanese language. And I was like, I don't think Tao is Japanese at all. I'm like, now that I really look at it, I'm like, I don't think that like they do the TS sound like in Japanese. And uh, yeah, I checked the the box and no, it's a, it's a Chinese beer. So <laughs> I have, uh, yeah, I have screwed this up on pretty much every level.
1: That is okay. If it helps you feel better. Yes, please. Sushi is Japanese. Okay, good. There are different... Asian variations of, like, a type of sushi roll.
0: Okay, that makes sense.
1: And uh, there is one that is specifically Korean. That is, um, I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. And I have to ask Gabriel.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because I don't know.
0: Yeah, the only specific like variations I know of are like ones that are like just vegetable versus like also having fish in it, and then the difference between having essentially like a piece of fish on top of like a bed of rice. Yeah, so that's just versus the roll.
1: That's just getting into different variations of sushi.
0: Okay. Yeah, I have no idea what the difference would be between like different cultures then. Yeah.
1: Okay, so like the Korean one I'm thinking of is called kimbap, Mm. which is the seaweed, a specific rice. It's like a sticky sushi rice, which is different than the type of rice you get for like a side dish and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's meant to stick together. And with that, it's like cucumber, spam, oh, and I think yeah. one other thing. It's actually really good.
0: Um, That's also really big in, in Hawaii, like spam yes, rolls. Spam. Are, uh, there's a specific thing, too. It's it's kind of like traditional sushi where the, the piece of spam is just like on top of the bed of rice. And it has a specific name, but I can't remember what it's called.
1: Yes. Um, Roxy, hit us up, up in the
0: comments. She's no, she knows what it is. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna look it up because I I know exactly what you were talking about. Right,
0: we do have the internet here. Yeah, I suppose we could just look it up right now. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. This this opening has has gone on so many different tangents. <laughs> but that's fine. The witty the witty repartee is what uh, what people come for.
1: Spam musubi. Mm. And theirs is a little different because the spam is. Unlike sushi where it's raw fish, spam is all, it's cooked. Because you can't have uncooked pork.
0: Oh. Well, which is interesting because, like, technically spam is cured. Like, if I'm not mistaken, it's already, you could technically just eat it out of the can. You could
1: eat spam itself uncooked.
0: It is kind of weird that, like, we eat the raw fish, but we don't eat the technically already cooked but raw Spam right out of the can. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And with that, yes. I'll tell you a topic for today.
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: So we're covering Japan's Unit 731, which is brought to us today by Aiden Guzak, which I'm really hoping I'm saying that right. He He messaged us on Instagram and his handle is at butters underscore paranormal. Nice. He had something in those like daily little things. The notes? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like in the chat thing and it had. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Those are
1: cool. He had something about it. Like um, who's the best like serial killer. So he got on this discussion about different serial killers. Yeah. And as we were talking about other things that are pretty fucked up with murder and stuff, he's like, oh, have you heard of Japan's Unit 731? And I was like, no, <laughs> please tell me more and gave me a brief overview. And I was like, I need to dig into this more. Like, I need to know more about this specifically. So thank you, Aiden, for bringing this to my attention.
0: Yeah, thanks Aiden. And yeah, and hopefully we got you. Say, say his last name again? Guzak? I
1: believe it is pronounced Guzak. It's G U Z A K.
0: I mean, I think that's about as good as I do. Yeah.
1: I'm going <laughs> off of other last names I know that are similar. Right. But spelled just a tiny bit different. So like one of my friends growing up, her last name was Guzik. So oh, I'm oh, thinking oh, yeah. it's
0: <clears throat> almost identical.
1: those lines. And if I butchered it, I am so sorry.
0: I'm kind of hoping now that he, he's like sends a voice message with the pronunciation being like, it's Gouget. Okay. Gouget. Yeah. It's French, he's like, um, Celine, Norwegian. you
1: totally butchered my name. Yeah. Thanks for nothing.
0: Yeah. It's one of those names that has these certain letters that like when pronounced in English doesn't sound like any of those letters appear. So it's going to have like silent vowels and.
1: There's a silent silent? X in there. Yeah, exactly.
0: So it's like, yeah, it's G U Z X J H G O U K.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who knows?
0: Yeah. Well, thanks, Aiden.
1: Yeah. So my sources for today are pacificatrocities.org, theguardian.com, and nuclearmuseum.org.
0: Those are some of the coolest website names I think you have ever <laughs> used. <laughs> the first one was pretty shockingly great.
1: Yes. So, how well versed are you in World War II history?
0: Pretty poorly. I have been learning okay. um, recently. <laughs> like, yeah, they're, they're, I, I understand that, like there's the axis powers there's the allied powers and germany essentially started everything and then like the russians were with them for a little while and then they got pissed off and then germany started invading them and mm-hmm. at some point japan got involved and i think italy's in there for a little bit too and then and then hitler was insane and so he was a terrible leader ultimately and and uh, yeah. he uh couldn't uh, couldn't maintain bro
1: Yeah. They got got a very
0: basic gist of it. Yeah. Pearl Harbor's in there.
1: This is around the time of World War II. So this unit in Japan's, I believe it's in their army more specifically. Okay. Was formed in the mid-1930s in Harbin, Northeastern China. So at this time, Mm -hmm. Japan was kind of starting to occupy other... Territories so like oh, yeah. China, the Philippines, I think parts of Mongolia, they're just kind of it over. And this unit was intended to have legitimate intentions by the Japanese government. So, okay. like, using it to promote public health, they were going to do research to benefit Japanese soldiers. So, Studying, like, how the human body can withstand hunger better, how they like, okay. can withstand okay. thirst better, how to fight off disease better.
0: Got it. Okay, so this is a military unit, but not necessarily performing, like, military action. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, good. The name did immediately make more sense. What I was thinking it was, like, I was thinking it was, like, a USA Network TV show where it's, like, this is Unit 173 and this is where we keep all the secrets <laughs> of, like,
1: This is where stuff. we keep our... TV secrets. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And you have like.
1: television network.
0: Yeah. You have like one super serious like government agent. And then you have like a writer who is paired with them for some reason. Because (laughs) like reasons. Yeah. And then they have to like solve crimes. Oh, like the writer is really well versed in like the occult. So they bring him in to like (laughs) help them determine.
1: Help them the with like, relics, yeah, whatever demons or something.
0: Exactly, yeah, yeah. They're like, we found all these weird old Nazi relics, and we need to dispel them.
1: Yeah. So these units during the war started to hold Chinese and Korean prisoners of war.
0: Oh, yeah, it's already taking a turn.
1: And Unit Seven Hundred Thirty-One is most known. For doing human experimentation during yeah. World War
0: Two. Yeah, I figured that's when you started saying they were taking prisoners. I'm like, this is taking a bad turn. Like, ha. Ah. <laughs> you're like, they were most well known for breeding super cute puppies. Please, no. Be, oh no, human experiments. No
1: puppies here. Damn it. Ed. Sorry, I don't know why I'm yawning so much right now. It's been a long
0: day. It's Monday. Yes, it sir. sucks like that.
1: It does. Uh, so, the early experiments were first conducted with volunteers who signed waivers oh. and oh, okay. gave consent to be in these experiments. A
0: reasonable I beginning, know. then. I mean, we technically still do stuff like that, where you get, oh yeah, you know, like a stipend and you sign up for stuff. You so, do like you know
1: a clinical trial, and I don't right, know right. if they were given like money, food rations, or anything like that. But right. then, as the word progressed, this became less voluntary.
0: <laughs> I feel like that word less is going to diminish the more this story goes on. Like it became less voluntary and less voluntary until it was not voluntary at all.
1: Oh, yeah. It went from voluntary to non-voluntary pretty quickly.
0: Okay. <laughs> it's going to be a fast transition.
1: Mm-hmm. And there is anywhere from ten to 12,000 men, women, and children who were subjected oh. to these experiments.
0: Yeah, I, I knew you were going to say children. Like, I'm not saying that anyone is good, but it's like... what well, It hurts it, more. It does, yeah. It, it hurts,
1: hurts more, more when it's children. Yeah. It just does.
0: Yeah, they shouldn't be part of military experiments. In no. America. Unless it's cuddling puppies.
1: I mean, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Using the effects of how do children's brains using, like... What are those, like, brainwave stickers? Oh, yeah. Hummets? Like, yeah. how their brainwaves register when they hold a puppy? <laughs> I don't know.
0: That's a pretty great experiment. <laughs> I do feel like... I, I like the idea of, like, there's just a, a lab somewhere that just has really adorable, like, beagles and, and like, golden retriever oh. puppies. Yeah, and they're just watching these kids play with them and like a director comes in like what the hell is this and they're like uh this is just for us sir this is for
1: our happiness
0: yeah exactly well like what are you studying nothing just watching kids play with puppies
1: it's just adorable
0: yeah it's just adorable go fuck yourself sir this is great
1: so they then started to call the prisoners involved in these experiments maruta's which okay. was known as wooden logs.
0: Oh. <laughs> so, okay. Just like,
1: dehumanizing people.
0: Yeah. Classic.
1: Which is horrific. And the idea was that they were going to develop chemical and biological weapons during. The 1930s and 40s by conducting lethal experiments on Chinese civilians, kind of more in a way to prepare themselves, even though the use of biological or chemical weapons in warfare was banned in the 1925 Geneva
0: Convention, the Geneva Convention. Okay, I was going to say, I knew that one. I knew that was coming up. I'm like, I knew one thing yes convention so, yeah i I did remember something about like chemical warfare and because wasn't that like on the heels of world war one
1: yes it was okay
0: yeah and so they're like all right look look even if we get into another huge thing let's not do that shit again okay and then apparently records have come out that like just about everyone at least in some way was not necessarily using them but kind of dabbling i'm, I'm pretty sure the nazis did plenty of bullshit with chemical weapons.
1: So it's more that they were like preparing themselves with ways to withstand this type of warfare.
0: Oh. Okay. And that so like they, were... they wanted
1: to be prepared and not need it over like needing it and not having it.
0: Okay. Or maybe even like how their soldiers can better withstand the effects of it or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Still so.
0: War crime, but all right.
1: Yeah, so that is how they then went about, like, with the experiments, is kind of with that idea in mind. The thing we hear more commonly is about these experiments happening in, like, German concentration camps. Yeah. With, like, the top name coming to mind being Mangala. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, like, the Mangala twins and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, when you had brought up, like, these sorts of chemical tests, or just, like, testing on humans in general, I would have assumed it was was all Nazi stuff.
1: Yeah. And, generally speaking, there is a lot more information about what was happening in the German camps compared to the other Axis powers, so...
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And... At least 3,000 of these types of experiments were done in Ping alone. Wow. So, it was all over the place in the different Japanese camps and units, but...
0: It, Did you say 3,000 individual experiments? Yes. Wow.
1: Yeah, it was a yeah. lot. And towards... The end of the war in 1945, the unit's leader, Lieutenant Gen Shiro Ishii, forbade researchers from discussing their work. They demolished the unit's headquarters in Harbin, and most of the records were destroyed.
0: I, that's probably a good move. I mean, like, you, you see the war coming to an end, you're like, oh, we're not winning this. We're not gonna be seen as the good guys. Get rid of everything. Yeah, I mean they shouldn't have been doing this from the first place, but I could definitely understand that move of like we have to get rid of all the evidence.
1: Kind of protecting themselves as much as they could.
0: Oh yeah. They're like, we saw what happened to Germany after World War One. You can't we can only imagine it's gonna be way worse after this shit.
1: Oh yeah. So because they destroyed everything. Little is known about the scientists who worked there outside of like accounts from people who either came forward as someone who worked there or managed to survive this stuff, which is God. what we're going to dive into now is the different oh. experiments.
0: Oh, good. I I was not expecting you to say survivors, but I suppose just like statistically speaking, someone had to make it through.
1: Yes. The amount of people, I don't even know what the number of people who died is. I'm assuming it's a lot.
0: Right, Right. I'm assuming it's a majority.
1: Yeah. That is the assumption I have. One of the big doctors in this was Yoshimura Hishato and... One of his things that he was super interested in was frostbite and syphilis. Oh. What?
0: Why is it always syphilis?
1: He don't is know. What
0: the fuck, guys?
1: I mean... I don't know why it's always syphilis.
0: The frostbite is at least kind of a unique one, like in terms of yeah. just torturing humans and stuff. Why does it seem like every country at some point has to do some kind of fucked up thing with syphilis?
1: Yeah, so... Frostbite testing was a huge part of what they did. And he was particularly interested in the human reaction to getting frostbite. Yeah. And then finding ways to, like, cure it, essentially. Oh, okay. So (laughs) he would routinely submerge prisoner's limbs into tubs of water filled with ice. And would hold them there until their limbs were frozen solid. Which, this is not like an ice bath type of situation. Right. Like they would be in there for so long that they would get a coat of ice (gasps) over the skin.
0: Uh Oh my. Yeah, when you said frozen solid, I'm like, is that even possible with the human body? But did you ever see the movie Snowpiercer?
1: No, I did not.
0: Long story short, they a way that they torture people is by freezing limbs and it's uh fairly graphic, but uh it's um imagine very much like this. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed that a scene from that movie was technically based in reality.
1: Yeah, it's and I don't know if it got to the point where limbs had to be amputated or if they fell off.
0: Oof, yeah. But I get the feeling once it's like frozen solid, assuming that like that really is true, that it was like literally a block of ice kind of thing. I get the feeling it doesn't matter like how it comes off. Like it's, it's just a block of ice now.
1: Yeah. So he would also keep track of how long it would take for the human body to develop frostbite. And part of how he would check if, someone had frostbite or not would be to hit their limbs with a cane. So I'm like, okay, great. He's also beating them. Sometimes that's (laughs) doesn't make any of this better.
0: No, the, oh my, the like absolute lack of empathy. (laughs) Just how could you do that?
1: (laughs) And people stated that when he would do this, the sounds the body would make was similar to like a plank of wood being hit with a cane.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So literally frozen solid. Yeah. You're, oh, I, that just made me uncomfortably imagine like if I had a limb that was just ice, I'm like, Because at A certain point you'd be feeling like your limb would end because it's just like dead tissue at that point. And you're just, yeah. God, that would be so weird. And then he's hitting it with a cane. (laughs) Why the cane?
1: I don't know. And then he would follow it up by testing various methods of rapidly thawing the frozen appendage.
0: Oh, no. I, I forgot. Yeah, he's trying to, like, cure it. So he wants it to go from the worst possible state and see if he can recover it. Oh, my God.
1: So this is... Done in a variety of ways, one being dousing Lilim with hot water, mm-hmm. leaving someone next to an open fire, or seeing what would happen if they just left them untreated overnight and if they just thawed out naturally.
0: Oh, I'm going to guess the overnight one's the worst.
1: I would assume so.
0: I... I can't imagine any of them are anything other than just agony. My
1: God. Oh, yeah. None of this sounds like it's going to be painless in any shape right. or form.
0: Oh, my God. I, I mean, I just I can't even I'm amazed that people are even like staying awake. You'd think that at, at a certain point they would just pass out because it would be even just like the psychological aspect of it, even if it's not like the worst oh, yeah. pain you could feel because you would assume at a certain point. Like the the nerves just die and the, you basically don't feel anything. But I like, would think so. Oh, I mean just just being in that moment and that happening, I feel like I would just die of like exhaustion from being terrified.
1: Yeah. They were able to prove scientifically, which I am saying in quotes, because most of them were not willing participants. So I feel like that kind of goes against the idea of studying something scientifically and proving it scientifically.
0: Yeah. When Unethical the, science. yeah,
1: It's unethical science, yes. Yeah.
0: It's, yeah, through unethical science we proved.
1: Yes. They were able to prove that the best treatment for frostbite was to immerse the effective areas in water a bit warmer than 100 degrees, but never more than 122 degrees. So, basically, just sticking someone in a hot tub.
0: Okay, I mean, I mean at least at least we know that that's yeah, okay. Well, hopefully that information has at least been useful.
1: I hope so. Then the next experiment was vivisection of conscious prisoners.
0: Ah uh, ah. Uh. I don't remember what vivis... Is that just splitting in half?
1: It is the practice of performing operations on living beings for the purpose of experimentation or scientific research. That is so broad! That's what Which was means. performed <laughs> without anesthesia.
0: There it is. Yeah, no, it's kind of... <laughs> which, for anyone who's not aware, this is well after the time that anesthesia was... Uh discovered, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was like 18 We had
1: anesthesia at this time.
0: Yeah, yeah, so like there's really no reason for them to be in pain, but um, no. they're just like, oh, fuck it, let's see what happens.
1: And most of these were done on communist prisoners, children, and elderly farmers.
0: Oh my god, why? <laughs> why? Also, why specifically communists? I thought, wasn't Japan communist at the time? Or was that just um, China and Russia?
1: I think it was just China and Russia.
0: Oh, it was J- Japan was a, an empire. Yes. Okay.
1: I believe at the time, if I am remembering my history correctly, it was, they were under feudalism. Mm, mm-hmm. I could be wrong on that, but I want to say that sounds right to me.
0: Without knowing at all. I'm gonna agree with you. Perfect. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm just gonna declare it, you're correct.
1: So what they would do in these experiments is they would infect people with diseases oh. like cholera and the plague. and you're shaking your head <laughs> like uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. And
0: we haven't even gotten the syphilis
1: yet. No, because Specifically what they would do is like for the plague they released plague infected rats which was specifically the bubonic oh plague okay into where the victims were like living with yeah. the intentions of them just getting infected from the rats or rather the fleas on the rats
0: Yeah I like it's just it's one of those things where like every single step just makes it worse <clears throat> like, we're not just going to, like, put it in the water or, like, give them an injection. No, we're going to put the rats in there so that, like, well, we want to study the whole process. How does it get from the rats? How does this work? And it's just like, can't yeah. you just inject them so that there's at least one less step of uh, horribleness?
1: So what they would do is they would remove their organs and examine them, like, basically... To see how the different diseases progressed.
0: Okay. But
1: also to have a better study of the human body without the effects of decomposition. Wow. Yeah. Uh,
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I feel like the weird thing is... I didn't expect to in any way give them credit for, like, trying to do science. Whereas, like, you already had one mention of, we did officially learn something about frostbite. So it's like, okay, I'm very sad that these people suffered. At least we do have something that can potentially help people in the future. This, we've already gotten into parts where it's just torture. Like, it doesn't feel like they're trying to really learn anything. It's just fuck these it, guys it doesn't yeah
1: and anyone who had gangrene from everything yeah would then have their limbs amputated and then reattached to oh. different parts of the body why? What?
0: why i don't know this is like David Cronenberg, Rick and Morty kind of shit. Why would you want to do that? I'm they, I'm I'm only laughing because it is so uncomfortably it's uncomfortable. Absurd. Yeah. Why? Jesus Christ. Yeah.
1: And not every person had that glorious time. Oh yeah. Others had their limbs crushed. Frozen, oh. or would just straight up have their circulation cut off?
0: <laughs> I don't know why, why that one feels like the the more dick move, but like
1: <laughs> it does though. It does it because you're you're it sitting there. Does.
0: It almost feels like it's just a waste then, or something. Because like you're you're imagine you're the third person in this room, and you're hearing these horrible screams, and you see one dude gets his arm crushed, the next person gets their limb frozen, or whatever, and then. They get to you and you're like you're wincing, and then they just like tie a tourniquet around it and walk away, and you're like, "Well, that's it. I'm not. I'm not good enough for the other cool things. I just, I just get limb death. This is bullshit." And then you, they just wait until your limb dies, and it's like that. Oh, that. I think I'd rather do the other two, to be honest. I mean, I don't want to do yeah. any of them, but if I had to choose,
1: and I believe a lot of this was just to see in what ways they could like, save someone from, like, the effects of gangrene.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: And I will say from, like, my own knowledge of various surgeries is that people have had surgeries where in order to, like, save part of someone's body, they will take, like, a limb or various other parts and attach it to a different part of your body temporarily to keep uh, that alive and keep the circulation going.
0: Okay, this now that you mention it, I have heard of that. It it, it does sound when, oddly enough when you put it in the realm of an actual medical procedure, it does make more sense because yeah, like the gangrene yeah. is literally happening because it's not getting blood. So they just attach it to a part that get lot that gets lots of blood and can sustain the limb until they can like fix the problem. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like It's all the of the way...
1: steps to get there that are yeah. so horrific.
0: Well, and the way that it sounds like these guys were doing it is just like to play Frankenstein for the day. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, ah, fuck it, let's just see what happens. Let's take his yeah. let's take his arm and put it where his leg is.
1: And then after someone was then considered to be used up or exhausted by all of this. They were then either shot or euthanized.
0: Well, okay. I mean, that's better at least. I mean, I I think by the end of this, I would just be like, please give me the gun. Like, what? Just kill me. Yeah. I, I mean, I... That's a better ending than just like leaving the room and just letting them die, like, yeah, pain very painfully. So, I mean, all right,
1: they also did weapon testing, all right, (laughs) and they studied the effects of bayonets, swords, and knives on
0: prisoners. I feel like we knew the effects of those pretty good by then. I, like, we did. <laughs> that seems like. I was expecting I, you to say, like, I, I experimental weapons. We like, stab people. Ex- oh, exactly. That is exactly what all this This is just a bunch of sickos who, like, who just want to hurt other people and they're doing it under the guise of science. Because, yeah, like,
1: That's we. what it feels like, honestly.
0: Well yeah, we know how bayonets we, we have been stabbing people with things pretty much since we discovered tools like we know how those work. I yeah, I yeah, thought I'm, you were going to say something like some sort of new explosive or acid rain machine or something like some some real like mad scientist kind of shit. No, we're just going to stab them.
1: They did also use flamethrowers and studied how it Affects people with both covered and exposed skin.
0: Okay, that's better. Like, that's that's more like what I was thinking. That's, like, not just stabbing. I mean, I feel like flamethrowers at this point in time were still pretty new. So yeah. they're kind of like, yeah, let's play with the new toy. That's more what I was expecting, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. They also set up gas chambers to test blister agents and nerve gas with on people.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Which... Honestly, I think of all the things that happened, that was the least surprising.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and especially when you started talking about how, like, they wanted to prepare their men for, like, chemical warfare yeah. and stuff. So, or yeah, chemical that, warfare, that like,
1: sense. this makes the most sense.
0: And they could have been, like, taking the lead. Because, I mean, by this time, didn't Nazi Germany have, like, uh, gas chambers set up and they were doing all they like that? They did. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this kind of feels like Japan just going like, well, we want to do that. Yeah, yeah that target. one does. Yeah.
1: And they also studied prolonged x-ray exposure, which sterilized and killed thousands of people.
0: Oddly enough, that one feels like the the most surprising to me. I don't know why that just... And I mean, it's radiation, so it's like... We yeah. Know it's like, yeah, it, it just... Huh. Okay.
1: Just well, and I think because at that time, extent. like we didn't really know what the effects of like radiation truly were.
0: Right. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because this would still be like pre-nuclear warfare, I suppose. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't really even know how dangerous it could be, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and this is where we get to the syphilis, <laughs> and their study <laughs> of venereal diseases.
0: Okay, so we've finally gotten to our good friend syphilis. (laughs)
1: Syphilis. So the Imperial Japanese Army was interested in the symptoms and treatment of syphilis. Okay. And male prisoners were infected with syphilis. Yeah. And they were then ordered to rape other Uh, prisoners so they could then monitor the onset of the disease.
0: I... For for anyone who knows me well enough, I I don't mind a certain level of dark humor. And for for just, like, half a second, I was thinking of, like, some way to make a play on that sort of situation, because I figured that's where it was going. And then I was happy I didn't, because I'm like, this is just really depressing now. I'm like, I don't think there's any good way to make a joke about any of that.
1: No. And... Most of these rapes were arranged until the person then actually contracted syphilis.
0: Oh my, wow! Yeah. <laughs> so, like one continuous like assault.
1: Like I, they were assaulted oh, multiple oh, times. I,
0: my bad. <laughs> I I got you. Yeah, I was thinking like like just twenty four seven until they oh. keep they keep no testing. like they I, just yeah. kept
1: arranging it to happen until it's like right, oh right, right. it finally did yay
0: yeah I, I misinterpreted what you meant by they arranged them to be like this and i'm like they arranged just 24 7 sessions so to speak but yeah yeah they're like nope it's we're just a giant
1: orgy day. yeah that's kind,
0: of, that's kind of thought process. just tossing all the prisoners into one room and be like all right keep going at it until you all have syphilis. They're like how uh, will we know? Eh, we'll watch. we'll
1: figure it out.
0: Yeah, we know the symptoms. We'll be watching. And again, this really just yeah. sounds like them having a weird sort of kink and they were just like Yeah. Yeah, they're like, "Yeah, let's make the prisoners do it forever." But why? Uh, tell them we're testing syphilis. Yeah, that'll that'll get us the funding.
1: Yeah. They They also tested human limits, and people were locked up and deprived of food and water to see how long people could survive without it.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) Another horrible way to die.
1: Yeah. They would study crash injuries in which heavier prisoners were dropped onto smaller bound prisoners.
0: I thought you were going to say in, like, a vehicle. They just slammed them into each other? Yes. Wow.
1: Yeah. I... I...
0: Remember when we started off talking about how, like, this is far enough ago that, like, it feels (laughs) like it's... Like, this is not far enough. Like...
1: (laughs) like, We had television and cars at this This time. This was... The one of the weirder ones, because uh, just like, because of the idea of it versus like, oh, we're gonna have them like fight with each other or right, we're like no, this, physically running into each other. It's like I think we're this op- just see what a- happens if we drop someone on
0: you. No, I I think this opens up the path I was hoping for for a decent joke. Where like in the previous one. I can kind of understand how like everybody's on board. And then there's this, and then after they do the whole syphilis thing, um, there's one guy who's like, hey guys, let's just have a little guy and then we'll drop a big guy on him. And then everybody else in the room turns and like, we shouldn't have invited him to the, this. You they're know, like, Why didn't we invite Jerry? Yeah, exactly. Why did he... he always has the weirdest fucking ideas. Everybody but then was like the, the boss the is thing. in
1: the room and no one knows. And he's like,
0: actually. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then they all turn and they're like, oh, uh, well, yeah. Okay. If he's on board. Yeah, let's do it. Get the little guys. Boss
1: says that's what we're doing.
0: Yeah. The boss is like, oh, we're doing the little big guy thing. You better believe it. Get the ropes. Get the police yeah. system. <laughs> Yes, boss. They
1: also studied the effects of high g-force on what they said was pilots and falling paratroopers. Okay. In which they did by putting people into large centrifuges and then just spinning oh. them until they died.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say dropped them out of a plane. I feel like no, that's, somehow that's what practical. I thought was gonna yeah. happen. <laughs>
1: No, they stuck them in a large centrifuge and just uh, let it go. Oh Which usually happened around 10 to 15 Gs. 10
0: Oh my god. <laughs> that I don't know much about Gs, but I know that the more the more you have the worse it is. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure most jets do like well not jet like fighter planes God, I thought they like the most they did was six. I think so. God, ten to fifteen. Oh my god. Oh, it, did you ever see the movie Mission to Mars? No. There's a weird, for some reason, there's like a giant snake, hurricane storm thing. They, they don't really explain it well, but if it, they show one of the characters he gets sucked up into it and he just spins and spins and spins and he keeps spinning faster and faster until his whole body just sort of disappears. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like that's what these guys were going for. <clears throat> yeah. Oh my God. Cause I, the one thing that makes me thankful about this is that we do know from our own like astronaut training that at the very least, like one merciful point is that at, at a certain level they would just pass out. Like all the blood yeah. pools. Yeah, so it's like when they actually die, they're, they've been unconscious for a while, so they're not going to experience any of that, but still. Yeah. yeah. So far, this is probably the most humane one. I mean, at least they're probably terrified, but it probably doesn't last all that long, so I mean, at least there's that.
1: Yeah. They also were less kind to <laughs> female prisoners especially oh. if you were of childbearing age because you would be forcibly impregnated mm-hmm. so that they could do weapon and trauma experiments on you
0: oh my oh like like specifically to test how a, a pregnant woman would like re, jesus christ yeah like i don't know why i i wasn't expecting this but like it's dudes running experiments. Of course, we're gonna to get to this. Like that, just feels like how. It's yeah. Going
1: to so, women who were pregnant were infected with various diseases, exposed to chemical weapons, crash injuries, bullet wounds, and shrapnel injuries. Gosh. And if you were fairly unlucky, you would then be cut open oh. so that they could study the effects. On the fetus.
0: Once again, like, I don't know why I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) Like, that just seems... The the lengths that they've already gone to for various stuff, like... Yeah, of course, that would be the culmination of this. They're like, well, we have to study the fetus, too. And I'm sure she's, like, awake when this is all happening.
1: Yeah, so then... They also had particular interest of... Pregnant women who were infected with syphilis. What? <laughs> what? And how that impacted the development of a fetus.
0: These guys in syphilis, man. What the hell? I
1: swear to God.
0: Yeah, like, they just are obsessed with syphilis. They... <laughs> Okay. It
1: sounds like a lot of men in the Imperial Army had syphilis and that was a problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're like, our dudes keep dying of syphilis. Like, how do we make this stop?
0: Boy, that is... I hadn't even thought of that. Like, the, the whole reason they're so determined to study this is because they're like, look, we have a syphilis problem and we need That's to take it. That's what makes
1: the most sense to me. Otherwise, I, I right. don't get it.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, like... This whole scenario is weird in general, but it does make a lot more sense where they're like, look, we got we got dudes just dying in droves of syphilis out there. We're losing more dudes to syphilis than actual combat. We gotta we gotta figure this out. It's all possible.
1: So again, everything ended in 1945 at the end of summer. When you know, at the end of the war and everything. Yeah. And It wasn't until 2018 that Japan disclosed the names of thousands of members of Unit 731. Wow. Okay. Which included the names, ranks, and contact details for more than a thousand army medics, doctors, surgeons, nurses, and engineers. Wow. So, the list of...
0: I was just going to say, I, I imagine the vast majority of them were just like doing a job. You know, oh, like yeah. I, the engineers, nurses, and stuff, like they, they understand the scope of what's actually happening, but your well, name and, is forever tied to this horrible thing now.
1: Well, and it's also that, like, when you're given a job, at what point? Do you actually feel comfortable saying, no, this is unethical? Yeah. When, you know, you're kind of a little worried about making sure that your family gets fed.
0: Right. Well, and I'm sure most of us know I mean, this is coming off of the Great Depression. And most Mm -hmm. of us have heard of the like, um, the like authoritarian studies or whatever, where they have a person who's told to like electrocute a person that they can't see in another room. And they're shocked by, like, how far they're willing to take it just because someone with a clipboard, like, told them to do it. So it's like, mm-hmm. now imagine that you're in Imperial Japan. You're very, you know, proud of your country and everything. Like like you said, you're you're trying to provide for your family. So it's like you they give you an assignment. You're not going to not do your assignment. Yeah. Ugh. So. But, yeah, I mean, looking back on that, I can only imagine that a lot of people have a lot of regrets.
1: Yeah. And the list of names is the most important evidence that supports testimony that has been brought forward by either people who were victims and managed to survive or people who were those workers. Oh, and okay. yeah. it's the first time that there has been any official documentation showing any of the real names of the members.
0: Oh, wow. So yeah, up until now, it's basically just been word of mouth, kind of.
1: Yeah. So then the Chinese government took it upon themselves to spread awareness of everything. Going back as far as 1982, they put a museum in their headquarters in Harbinger. (laughs) You got it?
0: Oh, you're fine. <laughs> you have to leave that in. That felt like that moment like in a movie theater when, you know, you're watching the previews and everybody's chatting a little bit, the lights finally dim and the movie starts, and it's a really quiet opening, and you hear that one person pull out a candy bar. And just... <laughs> And you're just sitting there, thinking, just, just rip it open, just do it, just stop doing it slowly, just, just rip it open. We all know what you're doing. Just get it over with. But they're trying their best to just carefully and quietly, and it's like we all hear it. Just get it over with.
1: He tries to be very quiet when I'm recording. If he has to come very, in
0: here, that's very sweet. And he even, yeah, he even said like I'm, he very quietly. He said, "I'm just trying to be quiet." And it's like, yeah, we can just cut stuff out if we need yeah. to. Like, just get oh, the thing God, and go! Kevin. That was very, that was adorable.
1: Yeah. So, they put a museum there to, you know, spread awareness and kind of commemorate those who were lost because of it. And yeah. the Japanese government very reluctantly acknowledged what happened in 1988, so a whole six oh, years wow. later. Okay. Okay. But refused to discuss the activities, refused to release any names, testimonies, photographs, documents, any of that. And up to this point, had never admitted any sort of wrongdoing. So from the time that everything started in 1737 up to 1988, was like, we didn't do anything
0: wrong. Yeah. I. That wasn't us. Again, I'm not saying it's the right move, but I I at least kind of understand. And they're like, look, it never happened. What do you just deny, deny, deny it, not, nothing ever happened. What are you talking about? It was bullshit. Yeah. We didn't do anything. And, and in- they're just they're just hoping that it blows over and they're like, it's been almost it's been almost half a century. It's not blowing over. Oh like, yeah. We, we know that we know that this stuff happens. Just yeah, at a certain point you just kind of have to be like, look, mistakes were made.
1: Yeah. Then in 2006, Toyo Ishii, who is a former nurse, shared her story Mm -hmm. and that she had to help bury the remains of victims of the biological warfare program. Oh, my God. And that where she buried them was at a site in Tokyo. And she said that her and her colleagues had been ordered to bury numerous corpses, bones, and body parts following japan's surrender in august of 1945 so you know probably being told if you don't do this we will kill you
0: oh okay i was i was just gonna say you you had mentioned earlier like at what point do you do you you know finally say no i'm not doing this and i'm like i was a nurse and like one of the last things i had to do was like you have to bury all of these corpses i'd be like this is not, not what i signed up for i'm like i didn't But yeah, you're right. They're probably like, hey, look, you can put people in the hole or you can be in the hole. You'd be like, well, I guess I want to still be alive. So, okay.
1: Yeah. And then Akira Makino in the same year, who was a former doctor, said that he had been ordered to conduct experiments on condemned men while stationed on the island of Mindanao in the Philippines, which was when they were occupied by Japan at the time. And other accounts indicate that similar experiments took place across various parts of Asia. So not just in China, the Philippines, or parts of Japan. It was kind of wherever occupied Japan was. Yeah. Or where, sorry, where Japan was occupying.
0: Yep, yep. (laughs) And... they just had spare space, they're going to put in some kind of torture dungeon.
1: Yeah. Then at the end of the war, US authorities secretly granted UNIT officials immunity from prosecution so that they could get access to their research.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, unlike the Nazis, they were not punished for their crimes, and many of them re entered society and had successful careers.
0: That that does seem like bullshit.
1: <laughs> it does. It really yeah. does.
0: Like and again, I can I can at least like from the US standpoint, I can kind of understand making that deal of just like, look, we want to get the the
1: The research is valuable. Yeah,
0: yeah we need Was to...
1: it done in a way that was right? No. Can we do anything anything about it? Generally also no?
0: Yeah, it's like this. This is stuff that people were tortured and died for. Yeah, that shouldn't just be left to go to waste, essentially. And it's like the only way we can get this is by giving these guys immunity. So I suppose it's worth it. Yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily feel like it.
1: So I I'm gonna end this by saying that what happened was absolutely horrible. It it advanced medicine. In great ways, but how they went about it was not right. No. And if anyone wants to learn more about this in more details, there is a book called Unit 731, The Forgotten Asian Auschwitz by Derek Pua, where you can read more in depth about it.
0: I do have to say, like, I think, I think the only real, like, saving grace of the whole thing is just that, like, you hope that things learned from this are are helping people today. So it's like. I hope so. In vain.
1: I certainly hope so. But, yeah, it. was dark. And it's fucked up.
0: Yeah. That.
1: (laughs) History is kind of fucked up.
0: Yeah, that's. It uh, well, I mean, we were we were talking about like old European torture days. I mean, they had like the. I always think of like the thumb trap thing, where it's like you, they lock your thumbs in like this little vice thing, and it slowly. Oh yeah. Like, I think it like extends them or something. And it's I know, just there are things weird things
1: we would do to people.
0: Yeah, and it's it's just weird to think that this was in the 1900s. And they were doing yeah. stuff like this.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh. Well, and then Epstein was just an episode ago and uh, barely, a not even a decade ago at this point when he was still just doing horrible things.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: We We all have to be vigilant because there are always going to be horrible psychopaths out there.
1: We really do. So what... Would you rate the pairing for today?
0: Well, okay. The sushi is from hy V, and I have to admit, I'm impressed because I've had me some, some uh, grocery store sushi. Yeah, this is actually pretty good. the The sushi oh, I'm gonna good. give a seven. Yeah. the The Tsingtao, I mean, I'm gonna give it a five. It's it's okay, but it's not it's it's not really my taste. I think it's kind of it's hoppy. It's it's a bit, uh, it's a bit hoppy for just like a a logger for my taste. I'm gonna give it a five. So the whole
1: the whole okay. pairing together,
0: I'm, I'll give it a six. It's all right. Yeah. How was yours?
1: I will give the sushi about a seven. I got it from Tokyo Joe's, so you know, just okay. pretty basic. Not the best thing I've ever had.
0: But also, may, could maybe, have been a lot worse. May, yeah, maybe a just step basically. up from just like gas station sushi.
1: Yeah, they do make it there, so like it's you know fresh stuff. Yeah, it's a um, legit place. I was not a fan of the Sapporo. I was really? telling okay. Gabriel, "It's like it's like MGD," and he's like, "Yes." Oh. I was like, "I don't like it."
0: Oh no! So, well,
1: I... I'd say for me it was like about a three. If it was all okay. I had to drink, I drink it but i'm not seeking it out
0: okay well
1: and but now i do together works oh. surprisingly well oh, okay Good to know. So i'd give the pairing together a six
0: this is not the first time i've had beer and sushi and i i will say that i the first time i had it i did not think it would work well but it the beer is actually a strangely perfect like palate cleanser for like in between bites of sushi it's yeah it works. Yeah. it works pretty well I will say this makes me even more disappointed that I couldn't find Sapporo because I haven't had it in years. And that was just the first thing that came to mind. And I've gotten it multiple times when I've gone to uh, like sushi places. And I thought it was passable. But now, now I'm very curious. I'm going to have to find it and, and, uh, and do like an update or something.
1: <laughs> yes. Update us.
0: Well and we're we're trying to we're trying to be a little more engaging so anyone listening if you want to go on to our Instagram page and like check out this uh, this episode posting and let us know if you uh, if you followed along if you had your own sushi and beer combo uh, let yeah, us know Yeah, let us rating know is.
1: what sushi you had, what yeah. you thought. Yeah,
0: let us know where you got it from, let, let us know, know uh, yeah. did you get really drunk, you know. I mean that's, Tell us. We'd like to yeah. know. And if you have anything else you'd like to tell us, any other suggestions or topic recommendations, you can email us at PeculiarPairingsPod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at PeculiarPairPod. You can find us on Instagram at PeculiarPairingsPod. And uh, check us out on Patreon, please.
1: Yeah, we have some new stuff on Patreon, so check it out. It is exclusive to Patreon, so you will not get it anywhere else.
0: Oh, I got to check that out. I got to look at that just like two things also what's what's on what's on youtube how's that going
1: uh so on youtube i am hoping to drop the next episode this week so um after this episode comes out on sunday the see i think this episode should be coming out on the 19th so i'm hoping to have something on the 21st get things okay. going again, so keep right. an eye out for that. You can just can we... search peculiar pairings.
0: Yeah. And we forgot to do this last week because I didn't think ahead far enough, but uh since we're recording it now, uh it, this will have already passed, but I hope everybody has a happy Valentine's Day.
1: Yeah, we're, we're, happy yeah, whenever, Valentine's Day.
0: Yeah, whenever you're listening to this, it will have been like yeah, it will have <laughs> been like the previous week or so, but hope it was great.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to be celebrating it late, so.
0: Yeah. You guys got special fun plans?
1: Gabriel does. I don't know what they are.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's the way to do it. It's got to be romantic. He has
1: something in mind. Thing. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, that's fine. Cool. I was like, what do you want to, should we do something? And he's like, oh, I got, I got it all planned. And I was like, oh. Oh. <gasps> okay.
0: That's really sweet. Sweep me off well, my feet. <laughs> I was going to say, well, now you have to let us know because he's like, yeah. you just come home from work one night. He's like, babe, I got a bag of Doritos and some Funyuns. Woo. <laughs> and I got your favorite. I got a six pack of Sapporo beer. I know how much you said you liked.
1: <laughs> I honestly would not be surprised if he just surprised me with like a bag of Doritos and iced tea. <laughs> 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 like I honestly would not. And I would but love I, it so much. I was,
0: I was just going to say, but at the same time, you're going to be like, he knows me so well. Like, this is <laughs> perfect. We're just, we're just going to sit on the couch and we're just going to watch. Like, movies. he
1: bought me a box of Cheez-Its. Yay. That's <laughs> <laughs> so simple. <laughs> I
0: Please. mean, hey, if somebody bought me Cheez-Its, I'd, I'd swoon. That's, yeah. that's all I need, man.
1: The food's expensive these days, so.
0: That is true. Oh my! <laughs> I had the most, like, humbling and kind of, like, like white wine moment or like first world problem kind of moment when like I went to buy Doritos for the first time after like COVID and in, like the first wave of big inflation hit. And I was like, I swear to God, these fucking chips used to be like three ninety nine and they were five forty nine now or something. And I'm like, God oh damn, God. inflation's a bitch.
1: Yeah. Like, this sucks. Yeah. Inflation.
0: Well, thanks for being with us, everybody, and yeah. uh, hope you had a good time. And we'll see you next time. So please, bye, bye.